and uh, and so we record these calls and we also put them on the um, the CRE Toolbox app under the podcast section. So again, welcome to the February Driver Town Hall conference call. Um, also, uh, we do open it up to questions and answers and feedback, just general comments towards the end of the call and for the majority of the call. So uh, we do ask that you keep those comments as broad as possible. We certainly want to also answer any individual questions that you may have, and we can do that offline if you if you have those calls um, or excuse me, have those questions. So uh, again, we appreciate your feedback and appreciate you participating in this call. Um, just to uh, to start, our uh, the person hosting this call will be Josh England. So I'm going to turn it over to Josh England, our president, uh, right now. Go ahead, Josh. All right, thank you, Mitch. Welcome, everybody. Great to be with you today. Um, we are, as Mitch said, joined by uh, uh, our really our our whole team located all over the country. Um, if you are in a, a truck, please make sure you are hands-free. Um, it's always great to be able to do uh, have settings like this where we can have this interaction. Um, this is a time of year where Mother Nature throws a lot at us, and uh, that can be challenging and at times frustrating. And we just want to acknowledge your great work in, in uh, enduring and, and overcoming those challenges and to say a, a big thank you and, and kudos. Um, so on, on today's call, we'd like to uh, do a few things. First of all, thank you for all your great work. Uh, second, give a few updates. And, and then third, and this will be the majority of our time, is answer questions and collect your feedback. Um, so we'll start with a few updates. Um, on our safe and on-time, uh, every-time goal, uh, last week we were at 99.1% of our loads that were both safe and on-time. That's against a goal of 99%, so we hit that goal. Um, and we're excited about that. Congratulations. Um, over the years, we've continually raised our goal on safe and on time, and, uh, and we have uh, made it a habit of beating those goals. And so far this year, we've met that goal every single week. Uh, so congrats on that, and let's uh, keep the streak alive. We are in the playoffs of our NFL-themed Super Bowl of Safety and Service, where fleets compete against each other head-to-head -head each week. And I'd like to congratulate the following teams who are still alive. They've advanced in that competition and will soon be playing uh, for the title in each of their divisions. Uh, four of these teams will be crowned champions after the next matchup. So our, uh, our teams that uh, remain in the competition include the, uh, in the dedicated group, uh, Target Albany, Walmart, SoCal WM Fleet, Georgia Pacific Flatbed Southwest, Cisco, and Chep Fresno. Those are the five teams that remain in the competition in dedicated. Uh, in intermodal, the uh, Salt Lake and Atlanta fleets have advanced and, and will be uh, going head-to-head -head, uh, to see who can win that one. Uh, congrats to those fleets. And then in OTR, last but not least, uh, C5 remains in the game, and our, our uh, Dynasty uh, M2, uh, budding Dynasty, let's call it, uh, M2 remains in again uh, to go for that title. Uh, congrats to all of you on those fleets, and uh, uh, we will do additional competitions like this later in the year. And as always, uh, safety and service results determine who advances, who goes, to, who wins each. Uh, matchup, a head-to-head -head matchup between two different fleets uh, each week, and uh, the commitment response percentage is the primary tiebreaker um, with huddle attendance and safety video compliance, the additional tiebreakers as needed. Uh, on the line, as always, are bragging rights, um, along with a $100 prize for each driver on the winning teams. So congrats on uh, those teams who have advanced to the finals in the Super Bowl of safety and service. All right, now I'd like to invite Darren Wingard, our VP of Associate Relations, uh, who supports the road team, to share a few comments. Thanks, Josh. Uh, thanks to all the drivers for calling in this morning. Really appreciate that. Just wanted to remind everyone about Road Team Live, which we do every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Mountain Time. This is open to all drivers, and we are doing some really great shows so far this year. In fact, just yesterday, we had Jessica Greenwald on. She's our Director of Driver Systems and talking about 
new features in the CRE Toolbox app, and she's constantly working on making that a better experience for our drivers. So that was a great show that we did yesterday. Next week, we've got Brandon Harrison, the president of our OTR division, coming on the show to give us the latest update on what's going on with the OTR division and uh, take your questions. So if you're in the OTR division, you definitely don't want to miss that. Uh, but if you do miss it, if you miss any of these Road Team Lives, we post the recording in the Road Team private Facebook group. So if you're not in there, we'd love to have you in there, and you can find the link to that group in your CRE Toolbox app. Click on your main menu, scroll down, click on Road Team. You'll have all of our links there, including our email. We'd love to hear from you, and hopefully we'll uh, hear from you guys on Road Team Live. Coming up soon. Thanks, Josh. Thank you, Darren. Now I'd like to invite uh, Mitch England, VP of Driver Relations, to announce an upcoming change. Yeah, thanks, Josh. All right, we have an up upcoming change coming in March, so we're going to be rolling out anniversary awards. So for all those drivers, you know, nothing necessarily you need to do other than hit your anniversary, and you qualify to get an award and some recognition. This will all be uh, available within the CRE Toolbox app, and uh, there will be more details given in the upcoming safety video for March. So we'll, we'll show you how to access that and what, what kind of prizes there will be and so forth. So um, I think I've teased this before in some other meetings, and, uh, and so we are uh, getting, getting very, very close to rolling this out, and, uh, and we'll have a lot more information coming. So we'll just a show of appreciation for all of our drivers and the tenure that all of you have and are continuing to earn as you stay with us. So we appreciate that. And, and so more details to come, but uh, the anniversary awards are coming in March. Thanks, Josh. Thank you, Mitch. And, and that is in addition to our safe and on-time awards that we've had for a while and will continue to do. And, and so this is on top of that, hoping, to, uh, right. hoping you uh, uh, will uh, enjoy that uh, recognition with years of service. Certainly well-deserved. Now we'd like to do a spotlight on a few IT enhancements. Uh, Rich Farr, our VP of Technology, will talk us through a few of those. Thanks, Josh, and uh, good to be with you all today. Just very quickly, a few things that um, we've made some changes on that uh, I think you'll enjoy. Uh, first of all, on the Platform Science tablet, one of the things that uh, we've wanted is the ability to automatically play messages out loud rather than to have to pull over and read messages that come in. That has recently been rolled out. And so you'll notice that, that when a message comes in, you will have now a play button that you can just push and it will read that message out loud to you. Uh, if it's a, an urgent issue, it will just start reading on its own. But that play button now appears and, and uh, hopefully that'll help make things a little better with your experience on the Platform Science tablets. The other thing on the Platform Science tablet, we recently <clears throat> rolled out uh, the form to do your equipment interchange inspections. And we got feedback from some of you that if you undock the tablet and go out as you're doing the inspection to take pictures or fill in the form, when you redock the tablet, it would reload that form. And so you'd have to do everything all over again. So we've been working with Platform Science uh, to fix that, and they have made that fix in their system, and that has been rolled out. So now, when you redock the tablet, it doesn't reload the form. So anything that you've typed into it while it's undocked, uh, it'll stay in there when you redock it. And so that's a, a good fix. It'll make things better. And then um, we also just recently rolled out both on the tablet as well as in the mobile toolbox the ability to do scanning within mobile toolbox. So now instead of having to use the Transflow Mobile Plus app, you can go into the mobile toolbox either on the, the tablet version or on your mobile phone version. And in the menu, there's a document upload tab. If you hit that, that will allow you within mobile toolbox to take pictures of your trip documents, such as the bill of light, bill of lading and so forth, and upload them directly from that application. Uh, this is the direction we're going to long-term. Uh, it comes in faster, better quality, fewer issues. It uh, doesn't get hung up. Sometimes there's been problems with the, the other approach where documents will get delayed by a, a few days. 
And with this, uh, doing it within the mobile toolbox, that no longer happens. Within about two weeks, we will be changing the workflow so that if you're at the end of the trip, when it asks you if you have documents to upload and you say yes, instead of launching the Transflow app, it will now launch just the mobile toolbox, the CRE toolbox uh, right there on the tablet. Um, and that, that will be out in about two weeks. And then the final thing I wanna uh, point to is uh, for mentors, uh, some of you have noticed, and I think it was Mark Wagner, I'm not sure if you're on or not, has been the person that pointed this out and that we've been working with to understand it. Under certain circumstances, when a, a mentee gets off a truck and gets onto their own truck, uh, the mentor will see some unusual behaviors with their own logs, like they'll flip to driving status and different things like that. That we found the fix for, and that will be out in about a week as well. So for mentors, they'll no longer have those kind of weird log anomalies when their mentee gets off and gets onto a new truck. So hopefully you enjoy those changes. If there's any issues with them, as always, please send us feedback through the app and we'll get on them. So thank you. Thank you, Rich. And, and I'll point out that, uh, that most of these changes come about because of feedback that we hear from you. Um, Rich mentioned Mark Wagner's feedback on the, the one. Uh, the the play button that was a uh, that was a feature in the old Omnitrack systems for those who can remember that far back um, that wasn't available in platform science and and that's been at the top of the list for of driver feedback for uh, a long time and and great that platform science could uh, get that one done and 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 the others as well came from uh, feedback from you as well so. Uh, we hear you, and uh, we're listening, and, and uh, glad to be able to make a few improvements there. Thank you, Rich. Uh, now we'll ask Lori Akins, our VP of Corporate Sales, to do a customer spotlight. Thanks, Josh. Good afternoon, everyone. Today I am going to highlight a new customer for our OTR division. Uh, that customer is Kenco. Kenco is a top-ranked third-party logistics service provider with over 70 years in the industry. Kinco started in 1950 with a single warehouse in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and only two employees. In 1969, they signed their first important warehouse contract with DuPont, which has been their customer ever since. Since that time, Kinco has grown into a fully integrated logistics provider, managing over 100 DCs in 33 states. Kenco currently serves over 350 clients with varying logistics needs across a wide range of industries, such as consumer goods, healthcare, and pharmaceuticals. Some of their other customers are monogram foods and interstate batteries. As I mentioned earlier, Kenco is a new customer for OTR. We began working with them in October of 2023, and we average about 12 loads per week with them. We currently have an opportunity to double our volume with them. The main, off, the main origins that we service for them are out of Indiana, Iowa, and Wisconsin, with destinations in Illinois, Utah, and Wisconsin. On-time deliveries and communication are very important to them, and they are looking forward to growing our business. So appreciate everything that our drivers do to help us with this new account, and um, keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. That's a, a great uh, addition uh, to our customer base with Kenco. We're, we're very excited about that. And now before we get to the, the Q&A part of this, I just, uh, the last thing I'd like to do is do a spotlight on one of our core values. Um, and the one I selected is safe and on time every time. It is not just a goal. It's one of our four core values. Uh, this is central to uh, who we are as a company and, and as members of the Sierra England family. Um, I want to spotlight this by just sharing a couple of success stories here uh, briefly. So uh, Walmart's grocery dedicated group uh, just sent their 2023 service rankings of their carriers, and they have 11 carriers managing 36 buildings. Uh, we manage five of those buildings. Um, and we were their highest rated carrier with a 99.85% on-time service. Congratulations on that. That is outstanding. 
Um, let's keep pushing, though, because our competitors are hot on our tails. Uh, nine of the t- ten competitors are north of 99.6. Uh, again, we were 99.85. So uh, they are uh, on our tails, but we led the pack, and uh, we are so excited about that. So congratulations on that. Another success I want to call out is where strong service is leading to growth opportunities. And we could call out many here, uh, but I, I want to highlight just two of them. Uh, one is we have been awarded the Dollar Tree Ocala, Florida, Ocala, Florida um, building uh, uh, to, to operate in that building. We have uh, 15 drivers uh, in new positions there already, and that should grow to 30 in the next couple months. And then we were awarded uh, a great piece of business uh, for Anheuser-Busch in Cartersville, Georgia. Um, And on that one, we should grow up to 200 driving positions. Uh, That uh, transition will happen uh, from likely from April through July up to the 200 positions. And uh, so if you're interested in those those spots, um, you can put yourself on the waiting list in uh, career track for those positions. And overall, uh, you know, what a great story about the impact that uh, outstanding service can have. It impresses our customers. They give us uh, new opportunities as we prove that to them that we can be world-class on service. Um, So now let's uh, jump to our question and answer uh, portion of the meeting. And Mitch, could you give instructions? Yeah, let me switch over to our Q&A mode here. Okay, if you would like to provide any feedback, you have a question, star six to get put into the queue. So star six on your phone, and then uh, once we have enough people here, I'll start to call on people and uh, and get going here. So looks like we have some in the queue already, so let me, let me get to the queue here. All right, let's go with uh, one of our road team captains, Mark. Mark Wagner, go ahead with your question. Hey, well, first of all, thank you for saying my name twice in one minute. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, what, what I want to ask is uh, a, about the mentoring program. There's lots of stuff going on down Laredo, which I'm sure you're aware of. Um, there's rumors that the school's being moved up towards Dallas or somewhere in that area. I'd like to know if you have anything else that you could tell us about that. And then the other thing is uh, uh, the trucks that we're getting in right now, none of them have a third bed in them. And I know that we're cutting back on the mentors that carry two mentees at a time, but I feel that we still need to have some in the company to accommodate couples and uh, for team drivers. So do we have any information about three bed trucks in the future coming down the line? Yeah, thanks for that, Medusa. We appreciate you. And uh, that's three times now we've said your name. Uh, So uh, (laughs) let's go with uh, Wayne. Could you uh, speak to those questions? Yeah, hey, Mark. Um, Thanks for the question. Hey, Wayne. So I'll cover the latter question first. So for the three bunk, um, we have, you know, we have a couple that we put into service over the last year, but we aren't expanding that program we we feel like it's a better experience overall with the mentee to be able to have a one-on-one relationship with the driver and so and with our mentee counts um we just feel like it's it's probably a better uh just program for the mentee um but with that said we do we have worked with you kind of on one-offs here and there and we will continue to do that as well as anybody else who's still interested in that and then as far as Laredo goes, um, so Laredo is still functioning as a school and will for a while now. We are looking, we are uh, expanding to Dallas, so um, it will take us some time to do that. It takes uh, up to a year to even get licensing to be able to do that. So I wouldn't expect any dramatic changes from uh, a Laredo to Dallas school in the near term, but we would like to expand and add uh, some school functionality in Dallas. Thank okay. you, Wayne. Uh, Dusty, Dusty Jacobs, anything else you'd uh, want to add on the, the Dallas Laredo question? 
You know, I uh, I think Wayne covered it there, but Mark's great to hear you again. And uh, we'll just want to work real close with you and any other drivers. Um, you know, the fleet managers and their leaders are, you know, in the loop as we try to uh, position some of our, you know, the equipment that we've been sending down, the, the trucks going down to Laredo that we're stopping in Dallas. But we're, we're building a, a similar pool of freight there, so... Uh, our efforts are to, to, you know, to limit downtime and just keep drivers moving and uh, have some other uh, uh, carriers help us with that uh, stretch between uh, Dallas and Laredo. So um, we're confident we can make it work. We've already got a lot of plans in place. And as uh, Wayne mentioned, it's going to take us some time, so this isn't an overnight type thing. But uh, we're confident we're going to be able to keep everybody moving and uh, it'll just be a little bit of a shift to where the, where the yard and some of the things are that uh, happen. Thanks to all of you. Appreciate okay. it. Thank you, Dusty. Thank you, Mark. Let's go to our next question. All right. Let's go to – thanks, Mark. Um, I'm trying to say your name as many times to set a new record. But um, let's see. Next question comes from – this is uh, Raymond. I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. Sachetti? Raymond. Yes. Is that, yes, that's it's, awesome. it's Sachetti. Good job. It's Chiquetti. <laughs> Chiquetti. Yeah. Uh, my question is a, a couple of part question uh, pertaining to accident and, and incidences. Um, besides the uh, the tablet and the macro that we send in um, when something occurs, uh, do we have anything in place as far as like writing a statement or an accident uh, statement form uh, within our our fleet? that gets passed along to whoever, and I'm not sure who reviews the incidences to make them chargeable or non-chargeable or preventable, non-preventable. And um, if we don't have, but like certain people doing it, is it possible to consider maybe a three-person panel of drivers, maybe starting with mentors or road teams to overlook things to, to help sort the incidents out, a little more bias uh, for drivers. Yeah, yeah, uh, appreciate that that question, Ray. Uh, let's ask Dusty England to uh, to weigh in on that. Yeah, Raymond, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, so um, good question. My my team, um, we have a, a group of accident investigators that that takes. The, the information that, that is sent over, uh, over the macro and, and then their process is to interview each driver, get their statement, and then make a determination on chargeability, wh whether we feel it's preventable or not. Um, in certain circumstances, if it becomes uh, a dispute, um, we, we do utilize, similar to what you're suggesting, we, we have a, a panel uh, that, that we'll go to if the if the driver if we let's say we determined it to be preventable but the driver feels it it should be non-preventable uh, we will have a process where we will get um, three individuals um, we'll get an impartial uh, driver we'll get an impartial um, somebody in the in the uh, mentoring group and then. Um, uh, somebody in in safety as well. They will review that the, the process. Hear both sides. Uh, hear the driver's side who is disputing, and then hear um, all of the facts. And then they will vote whether it's preventable or non-preventable. So it's rare that that gets to that, but but we do have that uh, that process available. So that answer okay. your question. Um, it does in a form. I guess I just never received anybody calling me to uh, take a statement on the incident of their of the request, and it was just deemed um, preventable and charged as an accident to me. Although I did once I did find that out, I did dispute and finally get to make my statement, and it has been since then uh, reversed and and. And stuff. I was just wondering if there were a, a better way if it started with the day that it happens that we write a statement, give it to our, our management, and then that gets passed along to 
or if we just do another statement and and send it through the new portal um, to, to whoever we need to send that statement to. This way, that doesn't get overlooked and mis, misinterpreted or, or mislabeled as preventable or non-preventable. Yeah, got it. I, I'll have to look in. When when did your incident occur, Raymond? My incident uh, incident uh, occurred uh, back in August of uh, August twenty third of last year, and I just recently oh, found okay. out that it was charged differently, and uh, got it got it replaced. I, I pride myself on on driving for you guys, so uh, it's it's very important for me to to maintain the uh, the statuses that I have with you. Well, I appreciate that, Raymond. Yeah, I'll I'll look into that as far as why uh, the accident investigators didn't reach out to you, um, but uh, appreciate the uh, the input. Important Thank topic. You. Thank you, uh, Raymond and Dusty. All right. Thanks, Raymond. Okay. Next question comes from. Let's see. James Rock. James, go ahead. The question? Can you hear us? Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes. Uh, go ahead, James. So I had, I had a couple questions, and it's about uh, platform science and driveways. And first one, it's like a two-part for the platform science, because you guys were talking about interchanging inspections and stuff like that, and about the um, it not resetting when you dock the tablet again. But I had another another issue that it uh, came up is when I would try to take the photos and some uh, something else even after I docked it it would say uh, interchange incomplete uh, try again and then when I would go back to the workflow to try to do the interchange inspection again uh, it wouldn't give me the option to take photos of inside the trailer and I would have to do I just found out that I can do it from another part in the tablet, but on the workflow, like it skips it after you accidentally hit submit, or if it skips that part after you dock the tablet, it won't give you the option to um, to actually take the photos. And then the other issue I was having was uh, with the Walmart in transit. I'd asked on a uh, road team call, I think not this week, but last week, and they said they were gonna get back to me, but I never got a call back so I had a load that I'd taken from Colton, and I was going up to Missouri, and because I'd gotten there early, they turned it into a swap into Kansas, and I had the in-transit, and I thought I cleared it out. And then when I got onto my other load, uh, I went back, and it was still showing in-transit was active on my tablet, showing that I was still part of that load, even though I had completed the load and dropped it in the Kansas yard. So that was uh, yeah. my two-part two-part question okay thank you james yeah i appreciate you bringing those things up let's start with the the second one uh dusty jacobs could you handle that walmart in transit issue you you bet james hey james uh first of all thanks for helping us with that uh walmart has reached out to us in part because uh some of the great work that was mentioned earlier about our our uh, service and just being a a great carrier for them. So they're having us test this out for them. And so there are a few things that uh, they've got some bugs to work out. So I've got your information, and I'll, I'll just reach out to you specifically. But uh, um, this is a test for them, and they've chosen CR England to help them kind of pilot it. And so that speaks really highly of you drivers that uh, they want us uh, being uh, partnered with them, trying to help them out. So apologies that there's a little bit of a wrinkle, but uh, we're, we're somewhat aware of uh, some of those challenges will come up as we're just testing this for them. This is their product, and we're trying to help them. So uh, we'll get your example and see if we can't get that fixed. They've been able to quickly resolve some of the things that uh, we bring. We meet with them every day just quickly for kind of a huddle to review things, and then weekly uh, we kind of have a bigger download. So we're, we're flushing out the challenges, and uh, for the most part it's going well. So thanks for you and uh, all the other drivers that are helping with it. Thanks. I just I have one more thing. It was about driveways, too. I wonder if they are looking into the driveway system to see if they're going to update or work out the glitches that they're having with it because I just got it cleared and I just talked to Doug Mills about it uh, this week. I got it taken off 
I've gotten a critical from DriveWise. None of my other systems, just DriveWise, I got an automated email that said I was speeding in a 55-mile-an-hour zone in Kentucky-Louisville. And when they did, when they tried to match up my hours of service and where I was, I was in Arizona when the event happened. And I got on the phone with Doug Mills, and they were able to clear that out. But that's the second time that I've gotten that same uh, event, and it was just drive-wise. There was no recorded event. There was no anything else. It was just an automated email that's saying that I was speeding in Kentucky, Louisville. The first time I got it, I was in Sleeperbird. So two times I've been pulling like a David Blaine, basically like pulling magic, <laughs> like getting criticals while I'm either sleeping or I'm five states over. <laughs> that's uh, that's impressive, uh, James. So uh, yeah, let's ask Aaron Shepard, uh, VP of Safety. Yeah. James, Doug's actually brought this to my attention, and we're look we're looking into trying to figure out what's going on. We definitely don't want to have any events that aren't accurate. We we haven't had a ton of noise, but there's been a couple instances that we've that we've noticed that uh, we need to we need to make sure any of these glitches are are, are worked out. So we'll continue to chase that with DriveWise, and we'll get back to you and any other drivers impacted on on what we found. Okay, I just had one final question, and it's just. Uh... It's just my uh, my ending. Just who do I have to talk to to get into one of those uh, slick Peter bills that you guys have been rolling out? I'm sorry. <laughs> First time we've ever heard that question, James. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I ask, wouldn't mind. I'm, if, I'm joking. If anybody those wants, are, those are, no, I know. <laughs> yeah, those are beautiful trucks. Uh, let's ask Ron Hall to address that. Yeah, happy to, to give you an update on Peterbilt's. Uh, we've got a total of 50 that uh, will end up going into service uh, in the first quarter of this year, and uh, about another between 100 and 150 that will end up uh, going into service by on top of that by the end of this year. Um, the way we're uh, issuing those is we're uh, letting the operations folks decide who has priority access to those. So if you talk to your uh, your uh, fleet manager, driver manager, account manager, they can uh, go up the chain of command and and get you on the list, and and uh, and then whatever the divisions tell us is the next available driver to seat, then that's who we seat. One uh, thing of note is almost the entire major, almost the entire um, uh, pool of those trucks is being seated in Salt Lake. Now we could do some repositioning, but. Um, but that may limit some access for some accounts. But, um, but yeah, that's the process, and we're excited about this new spec. It's got the same Cummins Eaton drivetrain as our Navistar trucks, but it's, uh, we feel it's going to be a major uh, upgrade on the cab for our secondary tractor provider. So, um, yeah. Thanks. Thank you for, the Thanks for that, Ron. Though. James, before, for, before we let you go, wanna... James, are you still there? I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay. Yeah. Before we let you go, wanted to uh, uh, hit the question you had on the equipment interchange inspection picture taking. Yes, please. Uh, Rich. Yeah, Rich uh, Farr, could you speak to that? Sure. My understanding is the issue you're seeing is uh, when you start the inspection and then you redock, you're no longer able to upload pictures. Um, we believe. I'm not familiar with that specific issue, but we believe that generally that is because of the change of state between docked and undocked it's the same thing that caused it to reload that causes the state to change and that form would no longer accept new images or whatever we believe that would be corrected with the fix that was just barely rolled out if that's not the case uh please send feedback in on that and we'll look into it and uh i'll ask okay. my team also to try and replicate it themselves all right thank uh thank you rich what for listening yeah, Rich, what's the best way for James or anybody else to send feedback in? Could you reiterate that? So there is a feedback uh, button in the CRE toolbox, and that goes to, to the team that takes care of that as well as some of the other technology. So if you just send it in through there, we have a team that monitors that and will take care of it. Oh. Uh, we also have a, if you call into the driver, um, the main driver hotline number, the driver service line, there is an option also to talk to um, somebody on our IT service desk um, okay. that can help you and take that information. Right. 
Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. Mm-hmm. Thank you, James. All right. Next up, we've got Shauna Price. Shauna, go ahead. Hello. Hello. Yep. Hi, Shauna. Hey. All right. So, as an alumni of the Dallas School, I'm really glad to see y'all bringing that back. Um, <laughs> and secondly, on the document upload through the app. When you upload those documents for like the trip documents, BOLs, it will tell you that you've uploaded a BOL. However, and, and then it will ask you which trip it's attached to, you pick that. However, afterwards, there is no way to go back and check that. So I've got a trip that is hung up in my platform science saying that I did not turn in that trip document. But because I used the document upload, I have no way to be able to confirm that and say whether or not I've actually done that trip. Yeah, Shauna, uh, first of all, I love the Dallas Pride. Um, second of all, the uh, document upload, um, I think there's a, a new enhancement that would provide you a record of those uploads. Uh, Rich, you're a popular guy today. Can you uh, speak to that? <laughs> I'm going to actually let Jessica Greenwald, who is over that application specifically, jump on that one, if that's okay, Josh. Yeah, that's great. Hey, Shauna. This is Jessica Grimwald. Um, So you should be able to see in your toolbox, there is a history tab, and it will tell you right there which documents on which trips were submitted. However, we are getting some really good feedback on the ability to search by trip, and so that's something I'm currently writing up, and and hopefully soon something like that will be implemented. Um, I know there is a disconnect between Transflow and the toolbox, and so if you're still using both of them, the documents on the toolbox are in one platform and the documents in Transflow are on another. And I understand that's frustrating. However, as Rich mentioned at the beginning of the call, we are going to be moving to toolbox as well on the tablets. And so that history screen should show you a full history, whether it's on the toolbox um, or on your tablet version of the toolbox. Uh, but that right, history well, button I'm, is on there. Uh, I have, I'm sorry to interrupt. I hit the no, history button. <clears throat> when I push the history button, it comes up and it tells me the dates that I scanned it, which was the 6th and the 8th, and it tells mm-hmm. me BOL because there's no way to put – like we can't type in there. When you when it asks you for what you're scanning, it's a drop-down pick menu. So you right. pick from that menu, and then it tells you, okay, so BOL is what I scanned. However, I can't go back and, and look at the individual ones. I can see BOL and I can see the date, even when I click on the history button. Oh, I understand what you're asking for. You want to go in and actually see each particular image in that batch. That that right. is also so a really good suggestion. I can see if it came from that trip because if I go like to Transflow, all the ones I've done on Transflow, I can go to my notifications, pull the confirmation number, and I can go look at every document that I scan so that if there is a dispute or a question, I can see what I've actually done. Yep, I, I completely understand. It's a great suggestion. And one thing I've seen a few drivers do, um, I've had some of this feedback already, is they're putting the trip number actually in the description field. But I'm compiling all of this feedback, and hopefully we'll be presenting some enhancements here in the future. And this feedback is great. Um, but putting that trip number in the description field is a really great workaround for now. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Jessica. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Shana. Shauna, sorry. No, right. Shanna's right. Is it Shanna? Okay. Shanna's right. Okay. It's yeah. Shanna. I thought I remembered Shanna. Yeah. I've had. Okay. Yes. We have another driver that spells it the same way but pronounces it Shauna, so I apologize for that. Yes. Uh, no problem. <laughs> All right. Next question comes from Tom Naji. Tom, can you hear us? Yes, sir. Good morning, Go everyone. Hi, Tom. Okay. Uh, uh, hello, good morning. Uh, I've got a couple questions. The first one is we used to get uh, like, you know, 1,500 miles every other trip. So, you know, every, uh, like every two trips we get a uh, long run. These days we're getting short runs and uh, short loads. Now, is there like a, is this is like the company goal moving forward is going to be all like short runs. And that's like, a question also directed to the salespeople, if I may. Uh, now, when you guys 
sign up for new accounts? Are you targeting just or focusing on getting companies, you know, short-run trips as opposed to long-run? Uh, that's my first question. Secondly, regarding moving the uh, operation to, uh, from Laredo into uh, Dallas, uh, again, that's going to create some, like, uh, also problem with the uh, uh, miles. As you know, you know, when we used to go to Laredo, that's like 400 miles each way from Dallas to Laredo. Um, so now if we're going to do all the, like, drop loads out of Dallas, uh, what's the company's goal, again, like, uh, moving forward? Will they be also targeting or focusing on short-run trips? Because, as you know, the Dallas market is kind of tough as it is. So just, just want to find out what you guys, in the main goal moving forward, what's the plan? Yeah, Tom, thank you for that. Uh, those are good questions, and, and uh, this relates to the to the network uh, in, in our OTR division. And uh, so let's ask uh, Dusty Jacobs to uh, first weigh in, and then we'll ask Lori Akins to speak to it from a sales perspective. You thanks, bet. thanks, Josh and Tom. Thanks for the question. Good concerns. Um, the high-level answer is, yes, we are seeing a short or, or a shortening of our trips. Um, you know, one of the big things we're trying to do is to get our drivers home more often. Um, that, as a general uh, theme, is most drivers want to get home more often. So we're, we're becoming a little more regionalized. Um, I will say we still have some long trips. So um, I think you uh, work with Carrie and, and, and we could try to, you know, get you and some other drivers would like to maybe take longer ones, some of those. But as a general rule, yes, we are getting shorter in, in, our, in our length of haul. Um, we have increased our trailer pool, so it will allow us to do some more drop and hook so that we feel like we can still get the miles and keep the drivers moving um, so that they can make good paychecks. Um, but there will be a little bit shorter trips. So, um, Lori, I think uh, from our uh, who leads our sales can also talk to you a little bit about some of the approaches they're taking with the uh, the bids and some of the things they're doing that way. Hey, Tom, great question. This is Lori. Um, I lead Hi, the Lori. sales team here at Sear England. <clears throat> and when we're speaking with a customer, we try to penetrate all areas of the company. So we try to see what they have from a dedicated standpoint, from an over-the-road standpoint, and also with intermodal. So when we're speaking to the customer, we're trying to penetrate all different modes that we can sell within Sierra England, including in England Logistics. So um, it isn't just siloed to one specific area. And then we try to ensure that when we're selling, that we're finding opportunities that line up with our intermodal network, that line up with our OTR network, and then if they have dedicated opportunities, present that to the dedicated team as well. Hope that helps. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And by the way, Kerry is doing a great job. Uh, I know he's on vacation, but he's doing a great job. doing his best to get a long trip. It's just most, most of the time lately we're getting short trips, and I was wondering if, uh, you know, uh, I had those concerns. Uh, I appreciate that. You're welcome, and we'll uh, let Kerry know. He he does a, do a great job, and he speaks uh, so highly of his fleet, so you're one of the many. Thanks a lot. Thanks, sir. All right, Tom, thank you. And thank you, Duffy, you're and, and, uh, and Lori, right. thank you. Next question, thanks, Tom. Next question comes from, let's see here, Gary, Gary Spector. Go ahead, Gary, can you hear us? Yeah, I'm here. Um, Hi, yeah, I, Hi, I just Gary. prefer Spectre. I've never, I've never liked Gary. <laughs> just go by Spectre. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah, I have a uh, question about vagueness on reports. Um, when I was transferred over to the uh, uh, Albertson Safeway fleet, the manager had some big questions for me as to why it looked like on my record I had four accidents. And when we went over them, 
I had to answer some questions that I figured should have already been there because I had not been uh, in four accidents. Uh, one of them was, uh, or two of them were, uh, one was a hit and run while I was in sleep or birth, and another one was somebody backed into me uh, while they were trying to uh, get into a parking spot. Um, so they were not held against me, but the manager here was not aware of that. So I had to explain that to him. Um, and then there was the most recent one, a week before I uh, came onto this fleet, where I was actually in a, um, a construction zone where I was slowing down to the speed and another truck next to me uh, decided he wanted to pass me. Uh, and it was a very tight quarters around a, um, coming into a corner or a curve. And what ended up happening was in order to avoid making contact with him, I had just moved over just a little bit and my trailer tire made contact with the um, with the concrete barricade, and I was told that that was chargeable against me because it was avoidable, and the only justification was because the other driver's tires never crossed the white line, and yet the mirrors on our truck extend beyond our tires. So he he was clearly in my lane with just the distance of the mirror. Uh, or in this specific situation, because of my mirror, I had to avoid him. So I'm not quite sure how that was chargeable against me, but it was. But none of this detail was actually in the record. Um, so I was kind of wondering, is there a chance maybe more information to be added to our records to indicate the situation? That way it doesn't just look like, well, he had four accidents. Yeah, thanks yeah. for that, Spectre. Uh, we'll ask Aaron to weigh in on that. Yeah, hi, Spectre. This is Aaron, uh, VP of, of Safety and Marketing. Um, uh -huh. A couple, couple answers to your questions. When you say, can you make our record more clear, there there are several places and systems where where an individual in the office could go in and, and see if you were involved in an accident or not. Some are, are better than others and have more detail than others, and uh, I will look up who your account manager is and make sure they are trained to have the best and most updated information, where to find that, and, and how to look. Um, like, like Dusty referenced earlier, you know, we, our accident investigators get to a point where they're pretty cut, cut and dry on chargeability. We, we will either make an accident preventable or, or non-preventable, but we'll, we'll make a determination. And you should be aware of that process. You should be getting a call. If, if we're charging you with an accident, so you know, and there is an appeal process. And so, uh, like Dusty said before, if, if you want to appeal an accident, there's an avenue to do that. Um, you I've, talk to I've done that. And yeah, it just would not budge on it because the other person's tire did not cross the white line. That was the whole justification why it was chargeable against me because their tire did not cross. But yet, I yeah, argue I, the fact that their mirror was. And we can get with Dusty and initiate a full appeal where we bring in that committee that he talked about if you haven't gone through that process. After that process, it's, you know, we'll, we'll stick to our guns, but it's important that we're fair to you. And, um, I pretty much gave up on it because it, it, nobody was understanding that little fact there that they were in my space. Uh, but the other issue I had was I had gotten a referencing kind of the other person who spoke about the speeding issue. Um, I had gotten a violation for speeding, but the accompanying video has me going past a sign that says 65, yet the only notation in the video was 56. So when I questioned, like, in what way was I speeding if my speed was 56 miles per hour, and I was told I was going six to eight miles over the speed limit, but nowhere in the video did it show that. I'd have, Spectre, I'd have to look up that speeding incident and, and mm -hmm. see where it came from. Speeding incidents can happen in two ways. One, there's the drive-by system, which wouldn't have a corresponding video. Um, it's choosing mm -hmm. your GPS speed. The other one would be is if something else triggered an event, like you had a hard braking or a, a, 
a lane departure and our video auditor saw uh, a, a speed sign that didn't match up with what your truck speed were. But I can go in and look that and call you individually and see, make sure we're, we're got it all sorted out that we're fair to you. Okay. I, I, yeah, I'd greatly appreciate that because I was confused when I said if I was going 56 and I just passed the sign in the video saying 65, I, I failed to understand the definition of the word speeding. <laughs> so, and yeah. then to be told I was going six to eight miles over the speed limit, uh, that didn't basically jive yeah. with anything I was seeing, the note or the video. So, all right. Well, I no. appreciate it. Thank you. We'll look it up. And yeah, we're, our, our philosophy on any kind of safety coaching is that the benefit should not tie the tie or the benefit of the doubt should always go to the driver. So if, if it's not crystal clear what, what you did to improve, we'll, we'll rectify it. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate thank you, that. Inspector. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Next question. Douglas Bonner. Doug, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes, sir. Okay. I just got two quick questions. Um, one why don't any of our Freightliners have LED headlights? Um, and can we put our own in? And two, uh, Copilot had done an update a little while back that changed our in-route stops um, to be, instead of when you click on near route, it gives you how far the stop is away from the route, but it doesn't tell you how far from the stop you are instead um, like it used to. Is there any way to, to change that in the settings or something? That's a good question. Let's start with, uh, uh, with the headlight question. Uh, Ron Hall, could you speak to that? Yeah, Doug, we've actually had this question come up a number of times. We, we can afford to spec it at the time. It's not that significant of an upcharge at the time that we purchased the truck. However, it's a major additional expense when it comes time to replace the headlights, and we, we replace a ton of headlights. Um, so when we look at that spec option, in fact, most of our spec options, we have to look at not only what the upfront cost is, but also what the life of the vehicle cost is. And in this case, we haven't been able to justify the purchase because of the life of the vehicle cost, that being the replacement of the headlights. As to whether or not um, you can install your own. I don't know if the cradle that receives the standard headlight will allow an LED headlight. Um, Dan, by chance, Dan Flanagan, VP of Maintenance, do you by chance know if that is feasible? Yes, it, it is feasible, but we do not recommend it. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, uh, Douglas, but uh, a lot of the fleets have been having trouble with the LED lights, even though they, they don't draw as much amps and they don't uh, admit as much heat. Uh, there have been fleets where those lights have actually uh, caught fire or overheated, uh, and the uh, manufacturers are working through those right now. So it's just another reason, uh, not only with the, the, uh, the cost of the lights, uh, and we, we tear those lights off all the time. Uh, but also, uh, we're kind of working through what's going on with them and uh, looking at uh, what what the manufacturers are doing. Uh, we're staying, staying very close with it. I agree. I have LED lights on my car, and it makes a big difference uh, for, for seeing uh, in distances and in, in, on both sides of, the, of your vehicle. But, again... Uh, first of all, we, we do not recommend that you change it out, the headlight bucket, to LED, uh, and we are looking into that uh, as we move forward. Thank you. And we actually have had fire issues in our fleet uh, from, from uh, LED headlights. So anyway, we'll, we'll keep uh, monitoring that situation and, and evaluating what is the best way to spec the trucks. Let's uh, jump over to the co-pilot. Uh, question. Uh, Rich, could you speak to that? Yeah, so if I understood the question or the issue, it used to show the miles to that location rather than the miles that it's off route from your current route. 
Um, I believe that's a system-wide setting that may have been changed. Um, I will have my team look at that and see if, uh, if that is the case or if that was something that was changed globally for the new version. Um, but we can look into that and, and change it back if that in fact was a, uh, a configuration change that was made on it, but we'll, we'll look into that. Regardless, we'll send out a fleet-wide uh, message on how that works. Okay. Yeah. Cause a lot of times I'll, when I do my trip planning and I, I, I look at the miles from where I'm at to a stop and as when they changed, when they did that update to co-pilot, Instead of giving me the miles to the stop, it's telling me how far it is away from the route. Right, and I, I that that I believe is a setting we can adjust, and we'll either either way we'll send out a message on it. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Rich and Ron. All right, thanks, Doug. Next question comes from um, Keith Keith Singleton. Keith, go ahead. Can you hear us? Hi. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, I've got a couple of comments, and I want I want to go ahead and throw in a second on that uh, global setting for distance to stops. That that distance to stops is a key part of trip planning, and so uh, I've I've switched off of Copilot in trip planning and gone to my phone and other apps. But the Copilot feature when that those miles are listed is really good. Uh, I wanted to say thank you first for the end of year video you sent me and probably all my colleagues in the fleet. That really floated my boat to see the, the personalization of what Keith did in the year. I showed that to every friend and family member I have. I show it to mentees that get on the truck and tell them this is who you work for. So, uh, uh, you know, a check well, is that. nice. But that's a great substitute. <laughs> Appreciate it very much. <laughs> Happy and to also, hear that, along, the, along the line, uh, the safe and on-time bonus y'all implemented a while back, that's always been something I've held back on telling you thank you for. Uh, I would like to see and recommend that Josh and Chad get back on the road because uh, one time they went on the road and they came back with a three-mile-an-hour bump on the, on the cruise control. Uh, <laughs> Another time, uh, Chad, Chad went up the mountains in Salt Lake City, came back with descent control. Uh, I'm not sure what trip initiated Smart Pass, but those are uh, all nice things. So, Chad and, and Josh, if y'all can put up with each other long enough, please get back on the road and bring us back some more goodies. <laughs> yeah, one of those was um, actually uh, me and Dan. Uh, that led to the horsepower or the, the speed limit thing. Anyway, Oh, you and uh, – we Yeah. Yeah, 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 but Chad, Chad's out on the road often too, as uh, you know, all of our executives. Maybe y'all could go out and maybe y'all could go out in several trucks and do a convoy <laughs> and come back with. Hey. A, who knows what you'll come up with? Hopefully, some video. That sounds of, like uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, of, of uh, Josh helping uh, you back out of a neighborhood. There was a story that came with one of the trips y'all went out on. I love the stories too. Uh, you guys uh, promoted recently in one of your videos, uh, small things. So uh, you guys do such a good job on the big things, and I'm not just blowing smoke your way. I've been working with this company for six years, and the big stuff you do because I've always had miles to drive. I know the freight industry is changing a lot right now. You're still keeping me busy. I know you're doing your best on that, and I hope you're successful. It means a lot to me uh, and a lot of other people. So I think you all are doing good on the big stuff. Uh, on the uh, on, on the co-pilot issue, I don't need a comment, but uh, just there's a lot of truck stops that are missing. Uh, have your Mr. Copilot uh, guy look at the new Love's truck stop in Cotula, Texas, up on 35, and you will not find it in Copilot. That's just the case with many truck stops. I get a, I get around it. There's also quite a few traffic patterns that are, uh, are have changed, and I've noticed. Many, many times I come past the traffic patterns and they're not updated, you know, construction, stuff like that. I can't get into specifics, and I do try to provide updates when I'm, like, sitting still and can send an update straight to Copilot. And I've actually seen them implement some of my updates. So uh, just it, that would be nice. On a platform yeah, science. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, just before you move on from that, Keith, uh, 
Rich, did you uh, just want to make sure you got you got those specifics down and if you have any questions on that? Yeah, I did note those and we'll look into those. But uh, what Keith said is important is if you do notice things that are wrong, send feedback through that app because that goes back to Copilot themselves so that they can make adjustments when there's errors. So I appreciate you doing that. So right yeah, in I can't the Copilot app. Yeah. yeah, I can't do that when I'm driving. But if it's something I can go back and and do like there's there's a traffic pattern problem near the uh truck stop in um what is that green river uh utah and i've i put in a like it tries to route you a different way i think it's because there's a bridge we under we go under that's 14 feet tall and and i don't know what the deal is but i, I gave them feedback on that and i think they've adjusted it um that's great um, on platform science, and this isn't really a platform science thing, so it might be your customer database, but I go to a few customers that say, for instance, used to be freshy fresh frozen storage, and now it's, you know, Americold. But, but what I get on my dispatch and workflow is, you know, please go to freshy fresh. So that seems like that could be updated. I even went to, uh, had an XBO load recently, and they're still calling that location Conway, which is, years old uh um, yeah you know so there's okay, some, so, there's some you so know, small describe detail. again yeah describe again if you would keith what the the two places that are showing the discrepancy in naming okay i i wasn't given specific examples but i i know that uh yeah no not, not locations but but what two pieces of information are uh like the, the one comes from the dispatch right the uh right the, okay go ahead you know it's it says your pickup is at, you know, such and such cold storage. Americold. Okay. Yeah. Right. But they call it something else. And you get there okay. and the sign says Americold. So Americold has oh, okay. acquired so the, that the location. Physical sign, the physical sign at the site says something different than the electronic guidance you're given. Than, the, uh, than what's listed in the workflow. And this goes back to uh, the, the other platform we used uh, that was DOS space. I can't remember uh, the Qualcomm. Same thing. Yeah, Qualcomm, yes. Yeah, whenever it would say your first stop is this, uh, it would be, it would name a company that, that's no longer on the on the sign out front. And just, yeah. it can, I, I know how to get around that stuff, but I just, a lot of new people, I have to teach them, you know, watch for what it says and that type of thing. Um, yeah, you could, you could think you're in the wrong place uh, if the sign right. says something different. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. I, but I, okay, that's, that, that's super helpful, Keith. Sometimes it's hard for us to keep uh, keep up in our systems with everybody changing their names. Like the Conway XPO thing is a good example where uh, that's long since changed and should have been changed in our system. Uh, but you're identifying a, a, a good topic of feedback. Thank you for that. Rich, did you have any comments on that? Yeah, I think Keith, you diagnosed it correctly. It's not actually a platform science issue. It is our customer database. And so my suggestion is when you see those, um, send a note to your fleet manager or your account manager because they can go in and update that. They can either change the name of it or they can leave a note so that, you know, the notes that get sent out when it's dispatched to say, hey, look for the Americold sign rather than whatever it was called before. So they can change it in a couple of places, either the name of the customer or shipper, or they can actually put a note in the instructions that go out. And so as you see those opportunities, yeah, we'd appreciate you just letting the fleet manager or account manager know so they can update our database. Right. And I've also uh, gone to places for customers and they do, they, they'll, the navigation, when I used to, you know, I hit the navigate button on the uh, platform science and I get to the customer it takes me to, like to the cattle gate instead of the frozen, you know, shipping and receiving gate. And I, I overcome stuff like that by just watching the signs at the location. But I asked my manager one time, hey, can I give you feedback and maybe the actual coordinates of the correct gate to go to and you get that fixed? And his answer was no. That apparently there wasn't a good system for him to, you know, to take that mm -hmm. feedback. I had that happen yeah. last week in uh in, uh, I think it was where's CareStream located. But anyway, I went to a location and it had the the navigator had me turn into a parking area I had no business t turning into. So I I found the right place. But it uh, and I I overcome that personally 
by making markers for myself in the future, and I just save it my favorite. So I just thought there should be a better way to give feedback. Yeah, that's that's good feedback, and and we've got a little uh, chat going with uh, among the leadership group here, and uh, Dusty Jacobs said in there, he he said uh, we can clean up many of these. Uh, he's going to get with you, Keith. Um, uh, a few of the examples, and, and uh, you, you point out an, an area that we need to improve upon. So uh, appreciate that, uh, and, and especially appreciate your six years of, of dedicated service, uh, Keith, and, and your kind comments and, and all of your hard work and representing CR England the way you do. So thank you so much. You're, you're very welcome. And, and by the way, I, I didn't mention 99% of the time the location that goes right to the gate, so you are doing a good job. There's just a few places. I come across, and I'd like to be able to give you good feedback that can help it for the future. That'll make us better. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Keith, and thank you, everybody, for joining today. We've gone a little bit over the hour. Uh, thank you for your time here, and especially, again, heartfelt thank you for, uh, the, for the way that you all represent CR England. You're an important part of the CR England family, uh, and uh, we love and appreciate you. And uh, Everybody, uh, please uh, be safe out there, and, and we wish you well. Thank you.